All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Ridge to Ridge Outdoors. Today, Brandon and I are joined by our third ever guest on the podcast, Tony from Hunt, Shoot, Drag. And today's topic is going to be loosely based on hunting on a budget. Absolutely. Tony. Good morning. Morning. How you doing? Waking up. Yeah. You had a big big night last night mm. after the shoot we had yesterday, mm. huh? KSON uh, Country Fest. Good time. San Diego. You enjoyed it? I don't get out much, but it was, yeah, well, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was good. Yeah, man, that's cool, man. Yeah. I went, I actually went out last night after the shoot. My, my chick went out of town. Uh, well, she went out of town this morning for work, so she's gone all week. And we went down, had a good time down there, and uh, just kind of hung out. But hey, enough about me. What? <laughs> Stupid. I know. <laughs> the shoot that we were talking about is the uh, JP Outdoor shoot, the 3D archery. Uh, he puts one on every about two weeks or so, and it's just a good time to get out there preseason and uh, send some arrows downrange. Yeah, it was a great time we had yesterday. Yeah. Tell us a little really? about yourself. Uh, born and raised in Southern California, uh, San Diego. Um, just uh, as a kid, always was up on the mountains, hiking right. or walking. And always wanted to be a hunter, but uh, parents were into rifles or guns, and and um, just never went, pursued that life. And then I had a friend that his dad was a huge bird hunter, and had like six or seven German short hairs, and would call me and say, "Hey, come on down, we're sh- you know, we're we're gonna harvest a cow in the front yard in Poway," and uh, <laughs> it's like, "What?" And he go down there, and guy takes forty five, and right there in front of us, the kids, and just. Whammo. Shoots it in the head. Yep. Goes so, to work. Um, just that lifestyle of, you know, they were country and mm-hmm. and they, you know, raised cattle and or a cow every year and killed it and had dogs and huge bird hunters. And now my friend who was that, he's a DFG or DFW now. He's so, a fishing game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. your buddy is? Wow. That's kind of yeah. cool. I didn't know you had a buddy that's in fishing yeah. game. Yes, sir. Yeah. I get the scoop. <laughs> good for you man that's awesome that's cool you get you get quite a bit of insight on that thing. yeah yeah and then so far you're right on everything you say uh-huh. when there come to issues yeah well so <clears throat> you're good <laughs> that's funny man mm-hmm. so like you kind of just always had this yearning to get out in the outdoors then and be a hunter were, yep. when you were a kid were you looking at like western outdoor magazines all that kind of stuff or? um actually it was um uh, yeah, on TV, it was that you know just regular outdoor channels, you right, know, just right. regular animal planet type style right. that we had. And then um, I had a boombox, of course, you know, right. And and I had a tape of a bird in distress, and we go up in the hills and just I just blast my boombox. Holy cow! Really? <laughs> yeah, you did. As a kid, and and we sit up there with our BB guns and wait for things. And I'm sure you know the predators saw us moving around. Yeah, birds would come in and we blast them. You know. That is so, so that cool. That was always something I did as a kid. Walked around and got up in the mountains and just did st- stuff like that. You know what? <clears throat> Kids don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. They don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. My parents are separated, and my my dad he lived in Valley Center, right? So like me and my brother and our our two younger brothers, uh, same dad, different moms. So we'd get together on the weekends and and uh, we take our BB guns out mm-hmm. and you know go play cowboy and Indians. Man, we used to shoot each Literally I'd shoot each other. Yeah, we used to shoot each other. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't I don't uh disclaimer, I don't recommend doing that no. at all. But when you're young with no supervision, yeah, you start shooting each other with Red Rider BB guns, well, you know. Ima- imagine this now, you shoot somebody with a BB gun as a kid, 
Mm-hmm. And now if you look at him or say something nasty to him, yeah. that's it. That's it. You're in the end of story. You're going yeah. to jail for something. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. My buddy, matter of fact, <laughs> my, my buddy Dirk, he's a longtime friend. Long time friend. My we're like more like brothers. It's it's a bond that we have all together as children growing up that you just never lose, right? He like pulled a BB out of his shoulder I don't know, a couple months ago or something. You know, like it would he literally got hit with a BB gun, went in, impaled him. We never got it out and, and here he is, thirty five years old, you know, he got this thing removed. You know? That's just that's stupid stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Times were different back then. Mm. And uh man. I hate to say it, but I never grew up doing any of that. I grew up in like the protectionist society kind of deal. And, you know, we used to play airsoft and that was kind of like the closest thing. Airsoft is like a plastic BB versus a metal BB right. that you'd shoot out. But yeah, we had the cops called on us all the time. <clears throat> same man. concept. Yeah, same concept. Just different. Yeah, you yeah. play play at war. Mm-hmm. But that boombox thing is, that, that's hilarious. That is so, so if cool. I wasn't, yeah, if I wasn't breakdancing on the corner of Community and Twin Peaks Road... Oh wow! Trying to break dance, I was playing uh, animal distress music, or sounds, and and uh, up in the hills with it. So, so you grew up in Poway. So I grew up, and then I was just in, in that bar- environment, you know. So, so you ended up going up into the hills quite a bit as you got older, or did it kind of peter off? And you? No, I mean, as you get older, you just you know life changes, and you just never pursued. Always wanted to be a hunter. Never happened. Right. It just never ever happened. I didn't buy my first firearm till. Oh my gosh! Early, I don't know, thirty-two or thirty, okay. somewhere in there. I right. mean, it just it late just started. Didn't yeah. Well, you and didn't grow was... up with a hunting family. <clears throat> you just always had a draw to the outdoors from when you were a kid. Always. So when you got you know financially stable or whatever it was, you were in a position to be able to start going out in the woods with a gun. Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah, yeah. And then when I had, when I got the firearms I wanted, I was like, now what? Yeah. What do I do? I'm like, I'm just not one of those. I'm one of those guys that like, if I go from one, two, three, I'm going to a hundred. I'm right. skipping You're everything in. in between. I don't, I go maybe too fast. Obviously I do things too fast. I went from being a rifle hunter to a bow hunter almost literally overnight. Right. Well, obviously I'm not hitting the learning curves to learn the process. And then I'm going into another harder thing before I even successfully finished on a rifle. So, well, I'll tell you this much. <clears throat> you sure do know how to shoot a bow. Luckily, thanks to uh, the, yeah, <laughs> it's new strings I got. Yeah, yeah thanks to custom or uh, Archer Geek custom Archer strings. Geeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they dialed in your bow what pretty good. What a difference! Yeah, I mean, you were on point yesterday at the shoot, man. You uh, were. Yeah. yeah, you took uh, second place. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, it went from dead last two weeks ago last shoot to. <laughs> well, your bow was just, it was that far out of yeah. tune, man. Your bow was just to out beating of tune. a competition shooter. It was like, embarrassing. Put it that way. It was embarrassing. I, you I, beat I, Fernando. Yeah. yeah, you beat Fernando. Fernando is a competition. <clears throat> I've seen that guy shoot three hundreds. You know what I mean? Like, holy cow! That's a confidence boost for sure for you. I'll put that in the pocket and I'll carry it. Yeah. <laughs> this Who knows about sure. next week? <laughs> I, oh yeah. Well, look, man. Tell us uh, a little bit of how you got into big game hunting. Like when you started doing that and, and hunting the local mountains. So, so yeah, I mean, um, I had a brother-in-law at the time who they're huge bird hunters, go down to Blythe and smack them, you know, whack and stack. And so he got me kind of into, um, big game hunting and, uh, it was crazy. Cause I mean, like I never really knew how hard it was going to be. I knew it was, you know, it's doable. It's, you it can happen, you know, obviously, but I didn't know it was going to be this tough. I had no clue. How long have you been deer hunting in SoCal? So it would be um, seven years. 
Seven, seven years. years you've been it. chasing him. It's yeah. tough. Listen, yeah. with no. So, si- I'm sorry. Six, six, six years. Yeah. With no kills. None. Okay. None. None. I'm a huge proponent of this. Like I truly believe, and I and I'll sit across from a table from anybody and tell them you cannot measure your success based on the amount of kills you have. Mm. Everybody wants kills. Like everyone wants a deer. If you're if you're deer hunting, you want a deer. And obviously that's the end result of hunting. Like that's what you want. That's what you want for your own personal validation that you are a hunter. Like I finally did it. But we don't live in other states. We live in Southern California. It's so unique. The hunting environment that we hunt in is is so unique and it's so tough that success is very low across California in general. Like especially Southern California. I think uh, the success rate and D sixteen is like twelve percent. Yeah, there's a like there's it's a it's statistic. Yeah, it's it's really low. So you're not you're not the abnormal. You are the normal, right? Hmm. And it doesn't mean you're not a good hunter. It just means that you haven't taken taken a deer yet. That's it. You're still learning every year. Like you go out, you still learn new things every time you get out. Like you before we got on the show, guys. Uh, he was telling me he has had opportunities every year so go ahead and talk about that yeah yeah there i mean it's not like oh well southern california hunting you know these guys but you know they don't get anything it's like every year there is an opportunity that i've had and it's either me blowing it or mother nature is involved so and it's not like there weren't you know possibilities it's just didn't happen so you've you physically have thrown arrows at deer i have not not with no Mm-mm. So with a have, rifle, yes. So you've just missed your or shot. Or I've had blown stocks with a bow. Yeah, that but happens. never actually, you know, lost an arrow. See, I mean, don't worry, I got you covered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you picked up that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Like that's all part of the learning game. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said earlier, you didn't grow up in a hunting family. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have parents that took you out and Mm-mm. showed you the ropes. You've literally learned everything on your own and mm-hmm. maybe maybe talking to people on the on the trailhead or maybe you bring out a buddy, you know, you guys go out and you hunt and you glass and you just try to figure it out on your own. It's it's very hard. The learning curve for hunting in general is just it's it's like a boomerang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so large, you know, and, and it's just tough. I I don't know what to say. I can tell you this much though. Like You've been hunting, what'd you say, seven years? Big six, game? Seven. Six, I seven years. I don't even want to remote. I don't even want to think about it. it <laughs> listen, <laughs> it's not bad. But years. this is what I'll tell you. And, and I know we're kind of joking about it or right. whatever, you know, but you find deer, mm-hmm. you put stocks on deer, mm-hmm. you've missed deer. Your your next step is to seal the deal. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. You're, you're already there. You're just trying to get over that cusp, mm-hmm. you know, and that cusp is hard to get over but once you get over it you know you'll you'll start to see it i'm not saying your your next one would be easy i'm mm. just saying that you once you've got it done you just kind of focus on that and you're able to do it again if you get it done with a bow man like you're you're a minority uh yeah if you're a bow hunter in southern california i i consider you god yeah and when i see pictures on syndigo muleys of guys and <clears throat> and they're they're sealing a deal with you know bucks and all that i mean if you can do it yeah. You're the man. It is I don't great. care. I don't I don't care. And that's the Dude. whole trophy size thing. Like oh, people want to see 150 inch, you know, 180 inch deer. Like I don't care. You shoot a forky, a fork and horn with a bow, man, 
You how did much it. work it is with a bow. It's tough. You know, and it's tough. just to go out there and yeah, it's tough. And and it's like crunchy, quiet, yep. rocky, oak tree leaves. I mean, dry. I mean, you're not sneaking up on them. No, it's tough. It's nope. real tough. I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is when you are able to go out of state, you'll be able to get it done. Yeah. Like you've persevered through enough in Southern California and you've learned enough to be able to go out of state and get it done. It's crazy seeing the difference between California um, mule deer hunting and Utah mule deer. It's just crazy. They're everywhere. It's like, what? How do you? How are you not successful in Utah? There's you know? a there's a success rate, right? I mean, there's a pretty good success rate with a Southern California hunter in another state, right? Yeah, I would I mean. Isn't I it? don't know. There's I don't know what the statistic <clears throat> is, but it, I don't even know if there is one. But I would I would argue that yeah, you're probably pretty better chances. Y- your chances are probably pretty good, just because you. I don't even know how to say it. I'm not even saying like. Oh, out-of-state hunters aren't good. Without a doubt, they are. I mean, they it's, kill it's big a deer. It's, it's just a different a, playing field. I just feel like when you come from not seeing game on every ridge to <laughs> going to an area that sees game on every ridge or on every ridge, then at the, I think it's just more of like picking what you want. Or is that motivation statue that you know oh, I'm in another state? I got to get this done. That, this has to happen. That is true too. And so I'm here to make it happen yeah. in ten seven. So days it's a and, mindset, mm. and that's true. You know, without a doubt. And and it all depends what you're after as well. I mean, if you're after a big 180-inch deer, I don't care if you're out of state or not. That's tough. Like, mm. you got to find that deer. Mm. You got to be in country that holds that deer, you know. And to go in blind or go to an area that you're unsure of, like, that's tough. I would not take that away from anybody being able to do that, you know. Like, that is extremely tough. But if you're just after a legal deer... Yeah, without a doubt, man, you can get it done out of state. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, di- without a doubt. I mean, you're physically fit. You're in the mountains all the time. You know the basics of it for sure. And I would argue that you're probably in the top tier of experienced guys out there because you are getting on deer. And just because you haven't put one on the on the ground doesn't mean that you're not successful. Mm-hmm. You got to look at it this way: when you're going in on a stock, that means you're 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 so close to getting it done. Like the only difference between going in on a stock and blowing it and going in on a stock and getting a deer on the ground is releasing an area, an arrow or pulling the trigger and hitting that deer. Like that's the difference. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not like you're, I don't know. No, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We, I mean, we talked about it. Like, I think one of the reasons why we want to do this podcast was because to keep people like motivated who haven't gotten something down here. Like you're almost there. You're like, you know, keep it can going. happen. Keep Just going. keep going. Don't stop people. I know I post a lot on my Instagram about, you know, nothing. I have no results, nothing showing. People are like, oh, another weekend. Tony doesn't have anything, you know, but it's like I do it because of the struggle, not my success. Exactly. It's, and the struggle is real, but it's also truth. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I'll tell you the same thing that uh, Brandon and JP told me when I was unsuccessful, you will learn 10 times more from the shot that you miss than the success that you have mm-hmm. because that that miss will ingrain it into your mind into your, you into i don't you, want that <laughs> yeah, into you, you as a hunter it's a mistake you'll never make again dude but, i would take i would take seven years of nothing than one year and missing one missing that shot of hunting you know what i mean Just, really Dude, I cannot do it. <laughs> I hear the eat, stories on the podcast. I'm like, dude, I would die. I eats, seriously yeah. would die if I lost a shot. 
Like if and you, didn't bring it down. Like, you, say you got shot a deer or something. Mm-hmm. And lost him. Yeah, Are you I kidding mean, me? That's hunting, though. That's going to happen. I understand, but I don't want to go through it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, like, that's like saying divorce, man. Nobody wants to go through a divorce. Yeah, I don't want to do that either. But. You know You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to go. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to go through divorce. I'm just right. saying you don't want to go through a divorce, but it happens. And if it does happen, you got to go through it. And it, and hopefully it doesn't deter you from not being a hunter still. Like, mm-hmm. some guys walk away from it. I yeah. mean, emotionally, they can't take it. Hey, man, that's cool. I respect you. I mean, I, I hate I hate it, too. First deer I ever shot got away. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, from, like, I legit thought about quitting. Like, I was like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that again. But, you know, you have to really look into yourself and realize why you're hunting and why you're out there. Because, one, for me, there's no better conservationist than somebody who's out in the field doing it. There's no better steward than somebody who's actually been there, done that, learned the lesson the hard way, and wants to help people do it better. And... I mean, your son is going to hunt, you know, mm-hmm. this year, general season, and you being an unsuccessful hunter, you know what to look out for now. Of course, you're not going to know quite what to do when he is successful, but you just got to, just like everything else, you have to put faith in yourself that you will know when you get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I figured that I better try to fix here is get a kill because... I mean, I want to be a motivation to my son. And so if he goes, well, dad, how do we, you know, how do we do this or that? I'd be like, oh, well, you'll, you know. I'll tell you what, you'll figure it out. You're yeah. going to figure it out. I mean, I'll tell you, there's so many, there's so many resources out there, but that you can watch YouTube. You can learn how to field dress a deer on YouTube. You can learn how to quarter a deer on YouTube, skin it out, cape it, whatever you want to do. You can learn on YouTube. There's don't, I, and I don't want you to. It's hard for me to say. I don't want you to. I don't want you to think like, oh, because I'm not a. I don't have a, a deer on the ground or or whatever on the ground. I, I'm not successful. That's that's wrong. That's not that's it. wrong. Every time because you go out is a success. Patrick hit it right on the head. When you take your boy out and you go out by you not having a deer on the ground, but you have been on those stocks, you have found game. You know where to go. You know. I see trail camera pictures from you. You got deer in your area. You know what you're doing. If he gets one down, that's success, man. He he got one down because of your failures, right? But it allowed him to be successful. So no one can t- no one can take that away from you. The only reason he would get one down is because of the you know the trials that you've gone through in the backcountry, which allowed him to get it done. So it's it doesn't go in vain, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And how beautiful would that be for you as a parent? To see your son succeed further than you've ever gone. How cool would that be? Like, that gives me the chills, dude. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's what life's all about right well, there. Well, he's, he's got a pheasant. <clears throat> he's got uh, turkey. So, I mean, yeah, you, why not keep it rolling? With right. Him? I yeah, mean, you're successful. Don't don't act like you don't shoot stuff. Right. Like, you put game on the ground. You're you're bird hunter. You've killed yeah. many birds. I mean, it's not. It, big game is where it's at. It's, well, mm-hmm. right. You're, you're hooked on big game. Just mm-hmm. like I am. Patrick is. John is. Every, hey. Everybody is, mm. right? I mean, everybody wants a deer. Everyone wants a big deer. But baby steps, man. Yeah. You can go out. I'm sure you could go out, go to your local dove spot, put dove down. You can go put ducks down. You, you just said he's got a turkey. Yeah. You've killed turkey. Yeah. Turkey's hard. <clears throat> I've never killed a turkey. Yeah. Junior. Junior pheasant. Or junior uh, turkey. So, 
you know, through the California Pistol Rifle Association. That's so, awesome. You know, for the junior hunters. And so that's how he got it. But I mean, that's a good program because it that is. program is bringing up new kids. And what an awesome special event they have there because they take care of the parents too, also with their children and uh, put them up in rooms and, you know, let them go out and do a hunt for the day. And everybody's taken care of through donations. Hopefully it lights that fire in them. Stewardship, man. Stewardship. That's Once it. again. Just like Steve was talking about on the yeah, last podcast. Rolling into it. Stewardship. That's what we're all about, and that's what hunting should be about is stewardship. Passing it on. Passing it on. Hey, well, let's change gears. Let's change gears real quick, bud. When you're uh when you're out there, what kind of gear are you rocking with? Back to the topic at hand. Yeah. Get on this <laughs> tangent, just rolling, you know. But what kind of gear are you using? So I'm an under under armor guy. Um okay. I like under armor clothing and from the gym to um, out in the field. So I try to stick with, you know, Under Armour. Mm-hmm. Um, I use their, even their boots. I enjoy, I don't need nothing too special. I like those, I like those Cam Haynes. So those CH ones, is that what those are? Mm-hmm. I want to get a pair. How much are those? I don't know. I think they're like 300 bucks. Too oh, yeah, I much it. money. It's uh, it's, it's not hunting on a budget. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> they're expensive and yeah. I don't know if I'll actually get a pair because they are 300 bucks, but it's chump change. I mean, yeah. I wish. Yeah, that's, it's a significant amount of money. Yeah. And, and hunting is, for a new hunter, it's one of those things where it's like any other hobby, but hunting is kind of romanticized about gear because, you know, nine months out of the year, people are talking about the gear they're using. They're talking about sponsorships. They're talking about this and that, and they look cool doing it because, hey, man, at the end of the day or at the end of their, their nine months, they go out there and they get into the field and somehow they get this monster buck or this monster animal, and you're like, oh, shoot, it's because they have that gear. Mm. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's just kind of it's tricky for me as a new hunter because it's such a significant investment into something you don't know you're going to be successful in or not. Mm-hmm. And there, There's few things. There's like a couple, couple different things, two or three things that I just won't uh, be frugal with. One is my glass, my optics. My backpack is number two. And I know people go, oh, you got to take care of your feet. Well, I've never had issues with my feet. Like, I, I haven't. I've always had, like, my work boots or Wolverine work boots. Like, there's some dudes that I know that spend three, $400 on their danners, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff to go beat them up, digging holes and mm-hmm. get an emulsion sprayed on them, you know. I mean, I but my feet have always treated me right, and I feel like I'm doing it the right way I treat myself. If it Obviously, if they're uncomfortable, I'm not going to wear them. Right? Whatever boots I do have. But I, I just rock a pair of Bass Pros. I don't even know what they are. Summits or something. Yeah. They were like 150 bucks. Great boot. Mm-hmm. Great boot. So so let me ask you this. Question for you. What is more important? The glass or the foot or the feet? I would say optics. Me, personally. I don't know. That's a tough one for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, you know, back in the day, our, you know. People these didn't have optics like that, like we do now. So they would go and hike miles and that's true know, with but, plot hoppers. But I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, right exactly. now, though, at the same time, like when Steve was here, Steve showed pictures and he actually talked about packs and and we were kind of mm-hmm. talking about gear, what it used to be. And um, his old man used to have like a wood frame pack on mm-hmm. his back. And yeah, he'd go out into the back country and and go put deer down. You know, so it. I mean, do we need all of this stuff? No, but if if you're in a position in life where you can 
have a little disposable income and you want to invest into what you're passionate about and you want good gear that's going to last, by all means, buy it. And it's going to, it's more comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that much. It's all about being comfortable out Mm -hmm. there. If you're not comfortable, the hours you're able to spend out there are diminished greatly because you're uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. the more comfortable you are out there, the longer you're going to be on the mountain. So what about back in the day when the guys are wearing flannels and blue jeans and sleeping on the ground? Oh yeah. And they did it. They did it. They don't go, Oh, you know, I'm not comfortable. It's just, they, they dealt with it. They, they dealt just, with it. This is how it is. Well, that was when, listen, Tony, that was when I hate to say it. Real men were men. Yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> they lived through depressions. You know, they went to war. Mm. Your neighbor was at war. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't now where, what is it? one percent of the population serves the nation yeah i don't i don't know i think i think that it's like super low you know i mean we've been at war for 10 years Mm. you know and or or no we've been at war for damn near 20 years you know and uh one percent of the population has fought it like back in world war ii korea vietnam i mean dude your neighbor got drafted Mm -hmm. you know you got drafted teachers Mm -hmm. got drafted bus drivers got drafted you know, that was when men were men. Mm-hmm. They went through hard times. Patriots. Yeah. Well, one of the big things with nowadays is everyone has an expectation of comfort. We're comfortable for our nine to five job. For for the majority of us, we're comfortable. But hunting on its own is an uncomfortable thing to do. You go out with a mindset of, I will kill something. My goal is to kill something. And for a lot of people now that are my age, uh, that's a very uncomfortable idea unless you've been brought up in it or you... You seek that. If I were to just tell somebody, hey, if you do not go out there and you are not, ex- if you're not successful in your hunt, you will not eat. You know, people would be, people would lose their minds. You know what I mean? They wouldn't be able to do it. Well, they don't know what it's about. You yeah, know? they don't. And, but that's how it's been for all of millennia or for all of mankind up mm-hmm. until the last couple hundred years. You know what I mean? Like 200 years, 100 years. I would say 100 years, people have been able to just go to a store. Yeah, and now there's this disconnect. But what people still have in their 9 to 5 is that comfort like I was talking about. And they want to bring that comfort into hunting. But hunting isn't comfortable. It it shouldn't be comfortable by nature. It shouldn't be comfortable. It's not. Dude, we would be so screwed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we're like, oh, if there's ever a, you know, a bad thing that went wrong and, you know, earthquake, the earthquake, yeah. the government shut down or something. Oh, I'm going to the hills. I'll survive off a of deer. Yeah. You know how many people are going to be doing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to go up the hills and you're going to see everybody up there. And you're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. You're going to have to end Wait, up hunting you can't hunters. be up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's nightmare scenario. You're that, not getting away. Yeah. It, it's tough. But I, I would just say that like, uh, when it comes to being comfortable, you know, um, I want my wife to hunt with me probably more than anything, but she's just not into it. I get it. So I'm not going to push her, but there's been times where like, I've been so uncomfortable that I wouldn't wish it on my wife. Like I would not want my wife there. Mm -hmm. It's that cold. There were times where I've been uncomfortable and been like, I do not want to do this ever again. Yeah. And that's when I, I, I get into my mindset, Hey, I should change the way I do this. And I learn from it. And it's, it's a, like I start off with cheap gear to figure out, hey, do I really want to get into this? Am I serious about this? But the thing about cheap gear is it lacks certain things. But you'll learn real quick when you get out there with cheap gear what exactly you can cheap out on and what you can't cheap out on. Mm-hmm. And we we did a, um, um, 
an episode on camping in the cold, cold weather camping. Yes. And being cold is never one of those things as a human being that we've ever six uh, ever excelled at is, you know, going out there in near freezing weather without good tech. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, cold weather will will break you faster than anything. Dude, I, I remember last year um, I wake up early in the morning and it's, you know, it's beyond freezing. Yeah. And I and I get my side by side and I don't have a windshield in it. It's cold. I go crack open the monster in my hand. It's freezing in my hand. I have no windshield in my hand. Oh yeah. I'm on this in, on the side by side and I'm going up the hill and my eyes are just watering and it's freezing. It's like sticking to my yep. face and I almost ran off the road. Like yeah. cuz I just could not see. And I you know oh, it's yeah. early in the morning you're trying to go and get to your spot and that is Dude, like little things like that, like get, a, if you have a side-by-side, get a get, windshield. Oh, the window, the window on a side-by-side saved us in Utah, my buddy Matt's. He, Dude, he saved it is us. unbelievable how cold that is. Yeah, it's stupid cold. What, yeah. um, what kind of glass do you rock? So doing the Vortex Diamondbacks, just keep it simple, hunter on a budget, you know, That's I'd it. love to have the Vipers and. Listen, I love I, it, but you know what? It's budget. It, it works. It they, works they just work fine. Great. 10 by 42. I looked through them yesterday. They were they were clear. Mm-hmm. I could use them. Mm-hmm. I would use them for sure. Although, what's up with the squeaking, dude? It's a it's the coating that you have on yeah. it. Yeah, it's got to be the coating they put on it because my razors don't squeak like that. All right, so you, I want to ask you about that because I mean that's just a lot of big time hunters. Wait, I don't they understand. Don't... Your glass squeaks. Uh, in the in the <laughs> vortex harness, the 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 harness, the bino harness, the oh, chest okay, mount, gotcha. it mm-hmm. squeaks in there. Like when he pulls it out, it goes. It's the coating on the. It's the coating on the glass that um, when he pulls them up out of the harness, for whatever reason, it just kind of squeaks. Like, the, whereas mine barely make a noise. The quicker, so the quicker I pull it out the of that bag, it is. the quieter it is. Oh and I God. just bought it because I had a, a bag from somebody else that was doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, okay. And I was actually going to buy uh, an FHF um, harness, but... You know, a little over the budget, like Hunter on a budget. So yeah. it was a little too much. So what even, do you even the Vortex Bino harness that we're running now is like a hundred dollars? Yeah, that's not that's not a budget harness. No, it's a hundred bucks. Hey, it, the FHF, yeah. honestly, two hundred bucks. Honestly, yeah, two hundred bucks. That's too much money. I mean, my buddy, I asked him about it. He's like, yeah, it's it's fine, doesn't squeak. So I'm like, oh, right, cool. But then I'm like, dude, that's two hundred bucks. Unless you want to sponsor me, that's two hundred. What's bucks. Uh, what's FHS? FHF. What is that? Uh, they do uh, like um, gear for chest rigs and bags. Okay. And, okay. You know they they have little pockets on the side from your for your chest rig to put your GPS and your wind windage and all that. Right. And uh, pretty nice stuff. Um, and uh, but you know just kind of stuck with the vortex because you know on a budget hundred bucks and run vortex so just stick with what you got what's made for it. But uh, yeah. I was kind of disappointed in that because I know <clears throat> that's kind of a huge thing when you're walking down the road and you kind of hear that squeaking going on and it's quiet. That either drives you nuts or somebody's going to pick it up, meaning deer. So Right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> squeaking, squeaking. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the reason why. I, I really do think it's just that coating on it, you know, yeah. when you pull it out. But So do I go out and buy a new <clears throat> 10 by 42s? Uh, I would take care of that say, problem. I would that would say be, no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, that's personal. If you I would want say to. get some some baby powder, or some gold bond. Well, I told him to get, I did that. <laughs> what did I tell you to put on it yesterday? I was like, get some of that uh, microfiber stuff and sew it into the pouch. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to get a soda, and then it won't make a noise. But 
What uh, what backpack are you using? So I just picked up, thank God, to uh, Bam Bam sixty nine. Uh, he hooked me up with uh, Kafaru. Okay, I got the Eastern Ruck. So that bad. That's a badass. Bag. Have a built in pat or like a built in frame in built-in it. Built in frame. Yep. And then I can add a frame to it. Oh wow. So right now I'm just kind of working with it and see what I get. You know, see how I feel with it without the frame. Since I do just a lot of going in for a day and come out, so I don't think I'll really need a frame right now yet. Right. But right. it can be added on for bigger hunts out of state and stuff like that. So um, I just picked that up and uh, thank God. Right. Because I I went last year with two different bags, and one broke, and then I had to get an old older one and use that, and it was just mis- it was miserable. So it wasn't like an old voodoo bag right. that I had years ago. And it was like super hot on my back. So you're dealing with all the heat. And then in that, that bag was just hot on my back. It was, it was horrible, but I'm like, this is what I got to deal with. I'll just deal with it and make it happen. You know, if I can, it all, it all work out. Well, it didn't work out, but you know, right. I, when I started out, I bought some $25 bag or backpack from, I think the gun show, mm-hmm. you know, and I used that for years. Dude, it's, it's a huge thing with that bag. I uh I actually went out. Matter of fact, I actually went out with um, SD Birds and one of his buddies. Anyways, a deer hit the ground and and I remember helping him pack it out and that thing. And I went, oh man, this thing sucks. You know, I put a quarter in the back and mm-hmm. it was heavy and it, mm-hmm. it just rode on my shoulders. It just didn't have a belt like a waist strap. It was bad. So after that, I was like, I need a new pack. Mm-hmm. Like I'm done. And then I went out and I got a, a Everly Stock F1 mainframe. And then the transformer pack, and I've been rocking that thing ever since. And that's not—it's it, a mid-range pack for sure. I think I totals like three fifty for it, right around there. But um, it's packed out a bunch of deer, and that mainframe—it's an aluminum mainframe. But the way it's built, it just—it fits me very well. Mm-hmm. So until yeah. I need something else, I was actually thinking about getting uh, a Mystery Ranch sawtooth, but that—it's not. It's not cheap, and and I don't really want to spend five hundred and fifty bucks, you know, on a pack. That when I got one that works great, you know. So yeah, I mean, what do you do with backpacks? <clears throat> Your feet. I have a hundred dollar backpack. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's I, packed out deer. I think John is John is running uh, Everly Stock, the Team Elk Edition, I think, or something. Yeah, like that. that's that one. I don't and that, know that's got a an F one mainframe too on it, and mm-hmm. like feet wise you could go out and buy a pair of crispy boots and they're going to last you a long time but they say like oh buy once cry once you know type thing it's just one of those things that for me i don't know i'd rather spend thousand dollars on optics instead of spending four hundred dollars on boots you know figure out how to get it out later yeah i mean if you're just you know you're joe schmo and you're sitting there in your house right now you're like well let's see i got 500 bucks what do i spend it on you know, what do I spend it on? Do I spend it on uh, optics? Do I spend it on boots or right backpack? What You know, which way do you go and which one's the best? $500? Yeah. $500, there's, that's not a lot of money in, in, hunt, no, in hunting terms. shoes, glass. What are you going to do? Oh, okay. You got 500 bucks. You got to make a choice. On one of them or <clears> all of them? Well, I mean, it's lesser. That, okay, so. Oh, what we prioritize. Let's say, let's, say what, let's say your average, let's say 300 bucks for a backpack. Yeah, and then you can get maybe a couple hundred bucks extra and spend it on some glass, right? Right. So what is it? Diamondbacks are two fifty usually. I would, I would. So what would you? 
I would rock Diamondbacks. Mm. If I had, so if I had $500 and you already have a gun. Yeah. So you have a gun already. It doesn't matter. Say you have a gun, a bow already, and you have $500 to spend on equipment. I would personally, what I would do is I would take that $500. I'd go buy a set of Vipers and try to get a tripod and then just wear my work boots out to the field. If you're rifle hunting, man, you can hunt anything. Yeah, because you know you're 400 yards away. You know, I mean, that's your your ex your expected maximum distance for most average shooters. Four mm-hmm. 400 yards. You you make a 400 yard shot. Yeah, yeah. So do you skimp on the bag? Mm, uh, I would. So 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 let's say let's be honest. You go to you go to Big Five, and they got the little simple. You know, I know every single you know Big I mean? Five product. Okay. I will so tell you what that. I'm saying yeah. is, you go there, you get a backpack, and it's just like a regular high school backpack, but it's you know it's. It's camoed or whatever, Badlands. You know, yeah. they sell Big Five, whatever. So you just go and use one of those and say, well, gosh, if I, it'll hold some water, some some trail mix. And if I get a deer, well, I'll figure out how to get it out with yeah. a little backpack later. Mm-hmm. That's what I What would happens do. if you're three miles in? Well, you're three miles in. Yeah, then you're making friends. three trips. Hey, yeah. hey you're going to leave that deer? You're going to leave that deer there? I mean, yeah, I would leave it. Oh, really? I, well, I would, I would, if I would I, bag it and hang it. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you can only pack out what you can. Okay. So. You're going to make two trips. Dude, Travis, San Diego Mealy's, and when you talked about it, what about the what about the mountain lion issue? You going to leave it there? You know well, that. I, well, listen, man, there's only so much you can do. Listen, <laughs> if you're by yourself and you're three miles back there, first, you know, you, you're kind of risking it. And this is my personal opinion. You're kind of risking it going three, four miles back solo anyways. I mean, that's far. You you trip, you blow your knee out, you're crawling back, you ain't got service, whatever the deal is. But say say good, best case scenario. You, you know the spot. You go to the spots three, four miles back. You got cell service back there. You shoot something. You put it on the ground. You make a phone call. You do. I mean, you make a phone call. You I pack don't. out as much as you well, can. Well, you, you would. I, if, I mean, I would hope now that you would. At least give me a call. Yeah. You, call I mean, me. Call Patrick. I call can't John. even call. I'll send you a smoke signal. Because, well, I mean, oh, there, there is no, service, no service. There's no service out there. None. Well, this is what you do. This is what I would say. You're solo. You put it down. Mm-hmm. You got a pack that you can't, it's not the best pack, so you can't pack out right. uh, an entire boned out deer, right? So say you're like, screw it, you're able to get two quarters in it, right? So you take two quarters out. When you get to your truck, hopefully you got service, call a buddy, go back in, send him a pen, whatever you got to do. And if he doesn't show up, whatever, you bring everything else out on the but, next pack. But that's what I'm saying is, unfortunately, you go back out there to get it, and it's not there because of the mountain lion issue we have. And I don't want to go up and start storming up that tree again about it. But, I mean, dude, seriously, it's like, you, do you leave it there or not? Because you're not, if you might, you might yeah. come back to it later that day or next day or next morning, you're not going to get it. Yeah. You might not get it. Well, it's I, happened to people already out there. So I'm just saying, how I would, I would, if I was solo. I would wouldn't think twice. I would leave no. what I would take two quarters and the head out on my pack, and I would go drop it off and yeah. I'd go back in. I wouldn't. It's the job's not done till the whole deer's out. So if you're gonna say it's dark, you're gonna make two trips in the dark. It's part of being a hunter, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it is what it is. Yeah, you put that animal down. You're responsible for it. That's yeah. right. And if a lion, dude, if in the off <clears> chance <throat> a lion got to it, by the time you got back to it, it is what it is. Yeah. What are you yeah. gonna do? You can't do anything about it. You, yeah. you take what you can Heart, take, you salvage it, and go. Definitely. Yeah, but yeah, it. I mean, what what if you're what if you're in, you know, Montana, and you put an elk down, and you're packing it out, and then you come back, and there's a grizzly on it. I mean, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna do anything. It, it happened. 
Mm. You know, hopefully you don't go face to face with it. Yeah. Well, usually if you go elk hunting, I mean, I would know I've never been there, but I would think that if you do, it's, you got more than just yourself. You got a couple buddies with you. Yeah. But I'm just saying like the whole, the whole, you shoot a deer in our local mountains, Mm -hmm. you take what you can take. Yep. Drop it off and go back. Yeah, that's Either, why don't leave it overnight. That's why it's so important to be physically fit. Like you have to be ready for that. I will yeah. pack out that whole thing on my shoulder. Well, you I could. You're, you're, you're a big giant, dude. dude. You're a big dude. That's you why could. I go to the gym. <laughs> I will. I don't care how hot. <laughs> I'm packing that thing. You out could one load, and that's that's uh, that's 100 percent doable for you. There's I've, a lot of guys I've, that can't though. I've seen Brandon pack out the majority of a Southern California deer on his own. Like I just had what I had. Just like random neck meat. And I think you had the neck meat and back straps. Neck meat, back straps, like just miscellaneous meat and John all my camera the, gear. John had his head. Yeah, and then he had everything else. Mm. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like our our spot is no joke. It's like two and a half miles uphill. You know what I mean? Yep. Like not even easy uphill too. Like you're bushwhacking. It's if, it's a pretty wicked and um That is rough country. I, yeah, I put four quarters in my pack and said, Let's go. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you hope to God you have a buddy who's going to help you. But in your case, like with your scenario, like you can only carry how much you can carry. And I would much rather get to 80% of a fully loaded pack rather than go 100 or over and then risk injury. You know what I mean? Because you, you have to get that animal out safely and you have to get yourself out safely. If, you know, some of it gets left behind, some of it gets left behind, but there's no good in both of you guys dying out there, that animal and you. So I always travel with a um, uh, spot GPS messenger. It just says, like, it's really simple. It's four buttons. It's like, hey, uh, I'm okay. You can pre-program the messages. The second one is, hey, I'm not okay, but I think I can fix it. That's what I, that's what I, set, um, that's what I set it up as. And then, like, three is uh, it automatically goes to an emergency contact. So four emergency contacts, it sends a text message with the GPS location, send help. And then the fourth one is SOS. They'll send a bird. So, uh, they'll send a bird to get you out. Of course you're, you're liable for the fees and everything like that, but it's still communication to the outside. And if, if you're, if you're that hurt and you need a bird, fees don't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're, 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 you're dying. Yeah. You're hurt. Um, but back to the $500 question, <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mesh it all together. It, the $500 question and the network of people. Like you said, get as much gear. Actually, you didn't say this. Get as much gear secondhand as you can from people in the network who have bought the $400 pack, the $350 bino harness, because they ha- all of a sudden they have a, a, a Rubbermaid bin full of stuff in their garage that's worth $1,000 that they're, they're willing to give to you you know, as your buddy or as a new hunter, um, to help you out because they said, Hey, it's a great pack. I just got a better one and I would, it's, it's doing me no good to have it sitting in my garage. So here, you know, do it. And that's how John, uh, from JP outdoors really got me into hunting. He's like, Hey, I have a Halon 30 or just the Halon Matthews Halon. I'll give it to, give it to you for a smoking deal. And I started shooting on it and shooting on it and shooting on it. And all of a sudden, now I'm a hunter. Now I'm a bow hunter. Like I'm not even an art or like a like a rifle hunter. Like right. I started with bow hunting because John hooked me up with a bow. And then, as for everything else, I'm an avid camper. Like I love camping. So there are certain things that I won't skip out on when it comes to camping. I won't skip out on my personal locator beacon because I solo camp a lot, and I won't skip out on a tent, um, like my my sleeping quarters. So my sleep system. So we talked about this earlier. Uh, in a different podcast, my tent, my um, 
sleeping bag and my sleeping pad because those are all vital to you being refreshed for the next day to make sure that you can make it day in and day out because if you have a miserable night of uh, cold sleeping you're going to be you're not going to be on you're not going to be a hundred percent you're going to be struggling to maintain your consciousness throughout the hunt and then you're going to roll your ankle and then all of a sudden you're in you're in a pile that that's the whole thing when you're out there for a couple days even just for me for a couple days and and you wake up and you're tired your eyes are water and you're driving up the hill like i said it's cold you know and you're on your second day your second morning and that's when the accidents start happening the more the more time you're out there that's when it's prone you get complacent that's right and um here's another thing here's what five hundred dollars can't buy you is experience and mm. knowledge and that's what a lot of people forget about they'll say i have five hundred dollars let me spend it on all this gear all this go fast stuff and they don't know a thing about being outdoors or they don't know a thing about hunting or glassing or how to make the mistakes and those are the those are the things that you can't buy that you are rich on yeah i'll tell you that much you have, a, you have you have a backpack full of that <laughs> it is it's true it goes back to the five hundred dollar question what what do you need you know like wh- what would you get without? right like what would you get with five hundred dollars i would tell you i would buy the like i said buy the best glass you could buy and get out there that's it you know you don't need dude you don't need the latest and greatest sitka gear you don't need that kuyu gear you don't need a six hundred dollar pack you need to just put your boots on and start hiking the stuff that you've done, the stuff that you've lived through, you got seven years of experience, you know, and, and if you want to start accumulating all this stuff over time, sure, do it, mm-hmm. get it. It's great gear. I'm not going to bash it. You mm-hmm. know, some situations you really need it, but we live in Southern California, man. Like it gets cold. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not negative 20. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. Y- you yeah. do want a cold weather bag if you're going to be backpacking San Diego County in November and December. Right. Yeah. You do. You you need a cold weather bag. It gets cold out there. But, you know, the experience that you're going to get by buying all this high tech gear, but, you know, staying close to a road and, and not getting on game and, you know, not knowing what to do is not as valuable as, you know, having half rate gear and getting out and putting in the miles and, and being a hunter getting out there, having failures, finding success, you know, playing the win, learning stuff. You mentioned it a couple, couple, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. You said like, you know, it's so dry out there. The leaves crunch. Everything makes noise. You know, like that's experience. You know, ask my wife if the leaves crunch in the desert. Dude, there's dudes that get <laughs> naked. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's guys that like strip down, wear socks, strip like, down 100% and do a stock on a mealy because they don't want the rubbing of that leaf or yeah. twig on their body or their, the texture or this clothing that they're wearing. I'm like, I, that's nuts. I can honestly say I haven't tried that strategy, but Let's try I, it. Mean, yep, well, I mean, I mean, it worked for the Indians. We're all friends here, but yes, <laughs> yes. To be a 100% like back to the truth. It worked for the Indians. And what was their success rate? I mean, there's still Indians around. Like, right. So they were clearly successful. They were clear, clearly successful. No Kuwu, uh, Kuwi or whatever you say it, uh, dude, boxers. Yeah, none of that. You know, <laughs> none of that stuff. Yeah, throw a leather flap to protect the uh, the important parts and everything else, just all skill. Well, if you want to break it down, everything that they've done back in the day, it's like, why do we have to be so advanced today? It goes back to comfort. 
It comfort. is a comfort thing. Dude, they did it. They I know. did it then. It was well, harsher then. They, they, their comfort wasn't our level of comfort. And then look at it this way, man. Um, technology allows us to be more comfortable. And I get it. We live longer. I got my AC going right now. It's 68 degrees in my house. I mean, they didn't have that stuff. Mm-hmm. But technology allows us to do that. And that's why we do it. So when you, if you can afford the best gear, I would say buy it. If you can afford it. But don't buy it and expect that you're going to be successful. That's 100% it. Bottom line. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've there's some stuff that I've wore that, you know, I would get chafing. Mm-hmm. You know, not so much in that area, but, you know, in the inner thighs after being wet, after a storm. Yeah. Things like that. That stuff matters because after a while you're like, I can't keep wearing this. Like yeah. it's, if every time, the second time it's rained, I had this chafing here in my foot or in my inner thigh or whatever. You got to go with something else. Yeah. yeah, it's going to cost you more, but you get what you pay for. But right. You're on a budget. Like, yeah. I understand. And your your gear should keep you safe. It should, it should, if anything, it should get you out there and it should have your safety in mind. It should be quality in that, in, in that it's not going to give you pain. It's not going to, you know, in your case, chafe. And it's not going to put you at an increased risk for something else, you know. And like, for example, um... I bought cheap gear from Bass Pro Shops because it was all that I could afford before season. And um, yes, they were good boots. They got me through a couple of different hunts, but I quickly learned what was what was good and what was bad about them. And one of the bad things was they retained a ton of moisture. And when it comes to your feet, if you're hiking, you know, four, three or four miles, you know, on the low end every day, and you have moist feet which is disgusting by the way, like you're, <laughs> you're going to blister and you're going to hurt and guess what? You're going to be out of the game and you know, well and that that's going to shorten up your, 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 um, your hunt, mm-hmm. you know, without I mean? a doubt. And I get it. You know, your feet are important, but they dude, are. it sucks, man. When you, uh, it's, you know. I don't know. Listen, I, I'm not going to bash the Cabela's gear. I'm not going to bash the Bass Pro gear. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I think they're the same company now, but all the stuff they put out is budget in mind. Yeah, they're, they're, they exist because there are people who want to try out hunting. And it was perfect for me because now I know, hey, I it got me out there, but I know I'm going to buy something better next time. But their pants and their um, their cold weather bib and their jacket that I bought, dude, it was awesome. It got me out there. I was warm and dry just as just as good as these guys were uh, in their XKG gear or in their Kuyu gear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was uh, with Matt and... Matt, uh, Brandon's buddy, and he let me borrow a set of gloves. And I was like, how much are these gloves? And they're like, 150 bucks. Yeah, for a set of gloves. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they were comfortable, but it's a $150 set of gloves. Yeah, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. And I just wear a pair of cow skin lined yeah. leather gloves. You can yeah. see them in the pictures. Yeah, like, they're, they're like... white with yellow liner. <laughs> I, listen, they can't, I mean, what do you get those for? 13 bucks? Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it really just goes down to... Hey, like, as we're all adults here. You should know when you're you're buying something because it's go fast and it looks cool, and somebody's good at advertising it versus something that's a quality product. You know, made in America, looks good, and it's just good at its job. Yep. It's if if the job is to be a, something that protects your skin, you know. A, a leather set of gloves with a yellow liner, it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be camo. It's the guy that's inside of them that matters. Right. Like, you, you could put, like, you can put any of the, the big names in, in cheap gear, 
you know, any of the big name Western hunters and, and plenty of the public. Um, and they're going to get it done. Yep. It's the experience they have that gets them done. gets it done. It's not the gear that they have, you yeah. know, that's it. That's it. Well, yeah, it's, it's sponsorship. I mean, well, yeah, hey, yeah. here's my name, but you know, I'm, I'm right. Cam, I'm Cam Haynes. I'm, but let me tell you something, Cam Haynes, Cam Haynes could probably go out in a pair of Levi's, a pair of Nike Reebok running shoes mm-hmm. and go get it done. Right. Like that guy has years and years and years of bow hunting experience where, yeah, he relies on his gear because it's a comfort thing. But if he had to get it done without it, he would. He could. Mm-hmm. It's experience. Well, I mean, we can all smile and have a happy face when you get that paycheck from whoever. Yeah. Who cares? You know, well, there's yeah. there's a lot of guys that um you know I've heard that um are representing companies that aren't really taking their product. Right. Well, and that's even down to NASCAR. Right. Um, and it's like you know, hey, whatever whatever puts that money in the bank, I don't care. I'll smile yeah. too. But that's wrong. You know, do what. Do what's right. And do I'll, what I'll tell you this much. I don't, we're not endorsed by King Camo. Mm-hmm. Like we're not endorsed by Kings at all, at all. 100%. But I will tell you right now that that gear is a, the best bang for the buck and me using it over the years has never failed me. Mm-hmm. And it's reasonably priced, reasonably priced. It is. How much is it for a pair of pants? Well, there's, there's different, there's different levels. I mean, they got the basic hunter setup and then they got the XKG series. The XKG series is like their top run in line. Like you can, you can get set up with an XKG series full setup. I think you can be in there for about, and I know you're going to probably scream at, or like scream at this, but probably right around 500 bucks. Oh, it's a lot. Hunter on a budget. Bro. Yeah, I go, go look at, I know, but dude, go look Jeez. at, go look at Sitka. And go look at Dude, you. I know, but my Under Armour, this is why I stick with Under Armour. Okay, so not that I'm like, hey, Under Armour, you know, but I stick with everything because, or with Under Armour, because I use everything from it. You know what I mean? I could just keep adding more and yeah. more. I can't afford that $160 pair of pants this year. Next year, I'll go through and I'll buy another pair, but I, that's cool. I can afford that. Or I, you know, that my skins that go underneath it, or my jacket, or my pullover, or my whatever you know i'll just keep well, adding to it i'm not gonna knock it out right in one punch. right and, and that's what i was saying like you could knock it all out but i mean if you're gonna hunt early season so what tags do you normally run in san diego okay so this one changing up but yeah usually a general and an a22 okay so you're hunting so in december AO with the, but you're yeah. also but you're also not are you staying the night out there yeah, yeah? okay so it, really when the sun comes out it's really not that bad in southern california so you don't need their you wouldn't need like the XKG uh, cold weather gear. So you would just run like the Ridgeline pant, which is a hundred bucks. And then you would run uh, basically a, like a two thirds zip up and a face mask, right? That's what you would run and uh, maybe a jacket. So you'd probably be $300 for a full setup. I'm a huge coverall fan. I just use coveralls the first thing in the morning. You can literally wear a sweatshirt over it and then, Within a couple hours of that sun coming up, you strip I'm, I'm stripped off and I'm the regular pants and a shirt, and that kind of helps me eliminate buying more jackets and more different style pants, the wool kind that they have or whatever. So, you know what we should do is you know Under Armour, like I think Under Armour is expensive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're they they get pretty pricey because I'm a cheap guy. I wear you know 
Five hundred bucks for kings. I don't know. Yeah, but like outside of the hunting realm, hunting has become its own business. Right. You know, like we can all agree on that. But really, at, at the bare bones, it's it's not. It shouldn't be a business. You know what I mean? People have done it for thousands of years. Like, what is honestly? It's just you going out there. So I think me, I I should challenge Brandon. We should do a army surplus hunt where we hunt in um, just basic old bdus you know what i mean oh you get it you could get it done for sure yeah and i see a lot of guys out there still running it exactly and it's cheap it's you know it's hand me down it's durable material and yeah it is a hand me down listen there there's there's tons of guys that are out there in old school army gear and it it works great people i'm telling you this old when i got my hunter my uh my hunting license certificate, like when I took my hunter safety, I did it down in like Doug's Wilderness Adventures out of Campo or something like that. It was down <laughs> south, right? Right off the eight. Yeah, I don't think he's around anymore. I think he retired. Anyways, uh, he said it. He was like, don't go buy all this fancy gear. He's like, take your bow. He was telling the whole class, take your bow, go to Cuyamaca State Park and go walk the trails in your Levi's in a brown shirt. That's what he said. And it made a lot of sense. You know, it's. It's it when you stalk deer, you stalk deer. The idea is to get in and not be seen, heard, or smell, right? So, I, so, I mean, I don't care what you say. If you're moving, a deer is going to see you. I don't care what you're wearing; they're going to see you. I I do know for a fact that walking in some of these between the sumac and and uh, manzanita and stuff, I do know from experience that my Under Armour just I'm just because I can only speak for that, for what I have, mm-hmm. does not make noise when I rub by compared to a pair of pants or, a dip, you know, something besides that, just a normal clothing. It'll make a noise, yeah. for sure. And with my Under Armour, it doesn't. Hmm. But, you know, I can only speak for Yeah, for your your mileage as a listener may vary. You might get the noisiest pair of Under Armour pants on the planet. Yeah, you, you know? might. I mean... <laughs> yeah. That's huge, you know right. what I mean? Because, I mean, we're all walking between the rows. Yeah, it gives you a competitive edge. And, right. like, are you willing to pay an extra 70 bucks for for that competitive is that, edge? Is that worth it, right? Yeah, exactly. That, and that's or up, just go around the goddamn bush. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> up to you as a, <laughs> yeah, as, a, as an end preference. user whether you want to do that. Like, <laughs> I mean, because at the end of it, if you add up all these nickels and dimes, it'll add up to a dollar. And that dollar could be another hunt. You know what I mean? Ultimately, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're, we're dealing in the realm of what ifs and, you know, this and that. Um, so let's get back to it. Brandon, what do you think are some of the uh, some of the best ways to get cheap gear? What what things do you think uh, will help the newbie hunter out there get the gear? Because, you know, like, it's crazy to think, I need all this camo. I need these hunting boots. They have to be Under Armour. They have to be creamy. Right. They have to be crispy. Well, they have to be this or that. First off. You don't need any of that. You don't need any of it. If you want to start piecing together gear, the best way to do it is like exactly what you said, Patrick, is to look for secondhand stuff. There's so many internet forms. We got Southern California hunting, which is huge in SoCal. I mean, they got an S ton of members and they got a classified ads. Yeah, that's schoutdoors.com. Yes. You can go on there. You can post ads, anything you want. You can post it. Hey, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. I'm, you know. I want to buy this. I want to buy that. Some people will reach out to you by you doing that. You know, they all got gear. I got gear laying around too. If I, if I saw someone trying to get stuff and I had it, I would totally reach out to him, uh, him or her. But, uh, 
I would say go on the local internet forums and see what they have to offer on classified ads. Look on Craigslist. Look on OfferUp. And obviously, I've said it on the podcast and I was saying it earlier, like class is number one. If you don't have $1,000 to just start hunting with and you only got 150 bucks, and you got to piece it together, well, hopefully you're trying to piece all this stuff together in January because hunting season is right around the corner in January. It's nine months away, roughly, but that goes by in a blink of an yeah, eye. Yeah, when you add on fitness and everything right. like that. So, practice. so you wanna you wanna start piecing it together. I would say start on the internet forums, get get um, spend your money on the glass, and then build off of that. Get a backpack, you know. Look for a decent backpack. You you can get a decent backpack for a hundred bucks used. You know, 150 bucks for sure. And gen- generally speaking, hunters are pretty generous. You know, like it's all about that mentorship. And if you find someone or if someone approaches you and you have gear and they're wanting to get out and be a hunter and contribute to what we all love to do, then typically you get a pretty good deal. You know, so, you know, for a new hunter starting out, like I said, go go on the internet forums, go Craigslist, um, eBay. You know, you can find great glass on eBay. You can get tripods, all the adapter pieces all on eBay. Uh, boots. I'm not a big fan of second secondhand boots, but if you want, amen. <laughs> you, you shouldn't be a fan. No one yeah. should be a fan of secondhand boots. I know people sell them, you know, and if you want to go that route, go for it. Boots are important, especially if you got feet issues, back issues. You know, boots, I'm not going to downplay the importance of good boots. But... Um, where we hunt so Southern California wise, like we don't really experience the extreme cold. So you don't need all that. What is it? Thinsley? Thinsley. Yeah, thinsley. I, ha- I have the hardest time saying that word, but yeah. you don't need 400 grams of that stuff in your boots. You can get away without, you mm-hmm. know, just some wool socks and you'll be good. I, I mean, camo wise, you can get secondhand camo. Yeah. I mean, you really can eBay. Well, again, uh, Amazon always has good deals. Like I said, I, I, you don't need to run XKG series through Kings. You can get their standard hunter series, which is very reasonable. And and I, and I also, through my experience, do your, do your camo buying in the summertime. Don't do it in the wintertime. Yeah. Don't, don't do it during the season. Go, Oh crap. I got to get, you know, when I get stuff done for my season, I start now in the summer when it's cheaper. Yeah. Just like anything else, there's seasons for buying and then seasons for not buying. Right. You're paying double. In price, like okay, so I'm a huge Ozark cooler guy. Okay, oh, so from yeah. Walmart. Okay, oh, here we go, dude. Here we go. Yeah, this let's is, hear it. Let's all you Yeti guys out there. I can start talking crap because I know for a fact that those handles do break, and I've seen it personally. And it holds just my on the my, Yeti cooler. Yeah, right? on the on the Yeti cooler. So, and I've had, um, I know for a fact that they'll they'll replace it for free if you send it in and blah blah blah. But that's not the point. The point is this $140 cooler, the 60, 60 quart, I think I have in the back of my truck for two years has never has, doesn't have one broken part on it for two years in the back of my truck. hasn't broke. Keeps ice pretty good. Same as a Yeti. There you go. Does, does the same thing. Yeah. And I know it's like, Oh, you know, it's Walmart, but dude, it holds the same amount of ice. The rubber hasn't broke. The plastics haven't broke. Great product. Great product. Does the same thing. So when you're in that pinch, Mm-hmm. And you need a cooler, but you can't go buy cheapy because if you're going for a two day hunt and you know how it is in October, right out here, 
It's still hot. It's Maybe hot. actually just as hot as it is now in July. Yeah. It so, can be. Especially with those winds blowing. Yeah, I'm I have a lot of personal experience with the Ozark stuff. And let me tell you something about Yeti. They nailed advertising. They nailed it. In mm-hmm. every single outdoor sport, you know, they catered to it, you know, through their advertising. But guess what, man? There's somebody who can do, do it cheaper for the same uh, the same end result, and that's what we're looking for as hunters and as as outdoorsmen is the end result. And the Ozark thing, you, all the the majority of the Ozark products are pretty good products. Of course, you're gonna get, you know, if you're shopping through Walmart aisles, you're gonna get cheapy, cheapy stuff. But with with their coolers and their um, their water carrying products and even their cups, like dude, they're awesome. They will legit head to head go against Yeti. And and just so we're clear, this is nothing against Yeti. It's the Yeti style cooler. Yeah, the Yeti brand. style. Yep. So there's Pelican and um, I forgot the other one, but uh, you know they got the Arctic. Anodi- yeah, anodized handles on them, and so you can just it's endless. But it's the Yeti style. I'm just saying it's it's 140 dollars compared to the same cooler at a 400 dollar price. Yeah. So it's you're just getting the same result, if not actually the same result. For half, for a hundred forty dollars, yeah, for a third of the money, and you know it is a, it is a chance if you've never gone with an Ozark cooler and you haven't done your research, like you're like, oh man, it's a hundred forty bucks. That's kind of close to five hundred. Maybe I should just buy the Yeti cooler. Two years, yeah, <laughs> two years, dude. Back yeah. in my truck, two years. Wind, cold, whatever. It has not broke. Yeah, and I've seen it with my eyes, and I'm like, dude, it still looks like it's in great shape. Like I have a, <laughs> like I've I've personally been dealing with an Ozark. Um, what is it? It's like a it's like a water cooler, but you can pop the top and it becomes it's like the Yeti bucket. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that mm-hmm. product, the Yeti bucket. It's like I think 150 bucks or something like that. It's crazy. But uh I've had experience with this Yeti uh or not Yeti, this Ozark uh water jug, dude, and I've just been super impressed by it. It's awesome. Like as long as I don't tip it over um because I'm driving like an idiot or something like that, dude, it just it just works. You should try it. Yeah. I'm Why de- not? I mean, they're solid. Yeah, the technology is exactly the same. Yeti just slaps their name on it, and boom! It, it and it, like you talk about marketing. Yep, marketing, and this goes with everything. If you understand the technology behind the product, you can find that technology somewhere else. So, for example, with Brandon's gloves, those were also um, the liner that's inside them is m- most likely the liner that's inside of every other hunting glove. And that's what made them so good at what they did is they're using the same technology, just branded differently. Yep. That's it. They're nice, man. I like them. I'll use them. I'll continue to use them. You know, it's endless in price. Absolutely. What, um, what rifle you have? So on my general, I used, uh, the Remington 700, um, 243. Nice. The Vortex. Okay, we're changing gears here. This oh, yeah, is, okay. We're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Here's here's another thing. Um when it comes to killing stuff, the thing that kills what you're what you're hunting for should not be the thing that you cheap out on. Yep. Just to be honest, yep. you know what I mean? You want you want you know, repeatability when it comes to your weapon system and when it comes to your projectiles. Like that is what we me and Brandon, Brandon and I will dump the most amount of money into. And of course, there are ways to save money when it comes to um, setting up your your weapon system or whatever your hunting gear is, whether it's a bow or a rifle. Um, but uh, just go ahead. That's just kind of like a side note just to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll say that 
the majority of the rifles produced today are very good rifles. Like even even the budget, like the Savage, I think it's the Savage One Ten. You know, you can buy a, a Remington Seven Hundred SPS. You know, you can get a Ruger American in whatever caliber you want, either on the Predator platform or the standard American. Jake's uh, gonna be running the Blackout, the Ruger. There you Ooh, go. There you go. There so, you go, buddy. Like I, I'm a firm. Like, hmm. I, it's hard. All my buddies out out of state, they all run like gunworks setups. You know, night force scopes. You know, uh, huge custom built guns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. MOA rifles. You know, Kimber rifles. Big big dollar guns, right? I I love, and I'm gonna say this. It is on a budget. I built a gun on a budget. I built a Ruger American Predator in six five Creedmoor. And I got a Vortex Diamond back on it. And I just built it just to build it. Just mm-hmm. want to put it together and shoot it at the range and see how it is. I love that gun. I will hunt that gun for the, the like, for the future. Like, into the future, I'm going to hunt that gun, you know. For as far as I can see, I'm going to hunt that gun. Just because it, A, didn't cost me $1,000 for the gun itself. B, I don't have a thousand dollar night force on it more like two thousand dollars yeah two you know what i mean like i don't have thousands of dollars wrapped up into optics on it i literally have a 179 dollar scope that i got on sale threw it on it and i'll ring the 875 kong at paula all day long with that gun and it is sub moa i shoot a barnes tt I think it's a Barnes TTSX LR or LRX. That's what it is. Barnes LRX 127 grain. Right. And and that gun is sub MOA. I'm sure it would get tighter if I shot a, a reloaded round, but I I don't want to reload. I'm not I'm not into it. I, I don't really have a desire to do that. But that How far do you want to take it? You know what I mean? Yeah. You go forever on uh, parts and Yeah, and I put a I put a ten dollar M carbo spring in it in the trigger. It's a basically sets the the trigger at two pounds it's super crisp man (laughs) i feel like it's a thousand dollar gun you know i got 600 bucks wrapped up into it well this kind of goes into the uh the good old ozark versus yeti thing that we're talking about ruger and a lot of these manufacturers are making great value dollar for dollar pound for pound guns you know what i mean you don't need um the Yeti brand equivalent of of firearms in order to get out there and go. You know what I mean? Because the sheer number of people who have done, who've used these firearms, got their hands on them, field tested them, and they work. Uh, That's what makes them so popular. It's also the the fact that they're, they're, you know, they're made by reputable companies and you're shooting good ammo out of them. And also that you've, you've put rounds down range and you know how to shoot Brandon. Like that's also, and and also you've, You've built that firearm uh, properly. A lot of bubbas out there think, oh, mounting a scope is just mounting a scope. Nope. Nope. Dude, you know, knowledge dude, is I power. Got, <clears throat> I got a Mossberg MVP I bought a while back, a long time ago, actually. <clears throat> and the action on that thing is just, dude, you want to talk about wobbly? Right. Yeah. It's right. just like, I mean, play, right. big time. That thing shoots coyotes, no problem, left and right. You love it. it dude, the action on it, you're like, oh, everybody's like, oh, look at the action on this thing, how smooth. It's like, Dude, you pull the MVP, dude. It, yeah. <laughs> you can stick Whatever a quarter works. on each side. Whatever end, works. <laughs> end result. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so don't get all like, I, I I get it. My brother-in-law is the same way. Oh, I'm going to build a gun and 
get it all bitching. And I'm like, dude, like it's seriously like a car. It's well, endless. Li- listen, I would love to have a, a high dollar gun. I would, but I'd be worried about beating it up, damaging it, falling with it. You know, I'd be worried about, but end of the day, sure. I would love to have one of those, but if I spend $5,000 on a custom gun, when it's all said and done, you're talking four or $5,000. That's a hunt out of state. That's mm-hmm. a guided hunt out of state. Mm-hmm. Five grand, you can get a guided hunt out of state. So go to some private ranch and go shoot a, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I would rather take that $5,000 and break it up throughout the year mm-hmm. and buy new gear, buy a new pack, um, maybe buy a new handgun and make sure that I can go out of state a couple times to public land, you know? So for the, for the guys out there that think they need a high dollar hunting gun, you don't go spend, you know, six, 700 bucks and go put together a budget rifle and go to the range. Just a good old 308. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Don't get all 6.5 no. this and that. Just a good old 308. Yeah. Whatever you want. Easy $700 Remington 700. Get it. It'll last you forever. It'll last you forever. It'll shoot with a 308 round. You're done. You don't need to get all tactical. When it comes down to it, your your firearm or your your bow has to be predictable. It has to be. And, you know, the only way that you're going to know how predictable that thing is is getting your range time. So it doesn't matter what gun or what bow you go out there with. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Yep. Shoot it with different set setups and different um, different ammo loadouts, so you can figure out hey what shoots best. Or if your gun is all over the place, it might be the loose nut behind the gun who's uh, <laughs> that's true. who needs some more work. That's true, without <laughs> yeah. a doubt. Like my bow, I don't go cheap on my bow. Uh, everything on my bow is it costs me quite a bit, but my bow. There's a lot more moving parts on right, bow. and a and my bow has to be predictable. I need to know where that's going to shoot. That's right, you know. And I mean, same with the rifle. But the rifle manufacturers, the gun manufacturers nowadays, I mean, they're they're. It's good tech. Yeah, it's good. so good. You know, it's mastered. It it is, and you're going to get a budget gun straight off the floor for the entry level shooter. That's an MOA gun, and it's you can tighten that up if you'd like, or you can straight off the shelf and shoot it and those are great guns Mm -hmm. it's three four hundred yards all day long you know Mm -hmm. and what more do you want do you really want to shoot 700 yards at you know deer no it's crazy those guys are pulling that off you know they go elk hunting they're just slamming we've talked this we've talked to this subject before it's like when they video it and you see it on youtube it looks cool right but how many times did they shoot at it and miss or how many how many how many animals (laughs) How many animals have they wounded trying to get that one shot on that? You know what I mean? Like, like how many episodes did they run out, but they wounded an elk and it got away? What was the look on the dude's face behind the guy that shot and going, oh, crap, we got to haul that son of a bitch out of here. Yeah. We got to hike all the way out there where that shot of it was made and go hike this bull out. Yeah. Like, dude, you'd be like, yeah, I'm stoked for Oh wait! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's you know a long I mean? ways, like, man. Uh, seven, eight hundred yards is a long ways yeah. away. A lot can go wrong on an eight hundred yard shot. It's a long a ways lot. out. It is. And like one of the things is, is you, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking that shot, you know, or any shot above my my practice distance because I haven't practiced it. And there are so many variables uh, when it comes to shooting at that distance. You don't want your firearm or any of your equipment to be your excuse. You want it to be because, oh, you, you pulled the trigger wrong or, you know, you didn't have a stable base because 
you you know it's your fault and not the gun's fault what you're paying for when it comes to um, really high dollar items is you're just buying out that variation you know what I mean but you don't necessarily need that if depending on your standards depending on your hunting distance depending right. on your environment your terrain and also depending on how good of a shot you are like for example back in the um, archery range I used to be able to out shoot people with like a mission bow which is like the cheapest of well they're not super cheap they're good quality they're good value but you know they're not what you would expect technology from, wise yeah technology wise and it just goes back to the fact that hey i train i train i train i train and every you know, i'll tell you that i don't mean to interrupt you but i'll tell you this much you can train 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 all you want when you got a deer in front of you yeah totally different different story As, you know that's completely my example you know what i mean yeah. like that's me right there encompassed yep train 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 shooting a golf ball or a, a ping pong ball at 20 yards with three arrows right here to my left and uh you know you get a you get a forky in front of you at 13 yards and it's all about seat time and your experiences hunting that'll really make you the better hunter yeah but when it comes down to that you don't want you want to get as many of those variables out yes and with budget gear you you might be introducing some of those variables in there but like we said, you never want to sacrifice your safety. And at the end of the day, you want it to be as predictable as possible when that time comes. So when you do pull that shot or when you do uh, flinch or that buck fever is going 110%, you know it's you and not your gear. Right. And uh, I got you. I think that's pretty much. I think that's probably it, Tony. Pretty much it. Let's uh, wrap this up real quick, man. Give yourself a plug on all your, you know, media stuff, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the hunt you drag, you can find me over at hunt you drag. I'm not, uh, trying to still make it as a hunter. See, so, uh, I will, uh, post, um, my stories about my days as I go along in my hunts. So hopefully I'll have something to show. If not, I'm going to join the ride and I got Jake, my son. We're going to, he's his first year doing, um, general. So we're going to do a little story on him too. So right on, man. We'll follow along for sure. Yeah. You know, keep your head up, keep plugging along. Success yeah. is is within grasp. I'm not the only one out there. I'm motivated. No, yeah, so. you're motivated. Stay at it, stay positive, and get it done, man. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, Tony. And uh, for everyone out there listening, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If you liked it, make sure you uh, you spread the word and you get uh, you get out there and you get hunting. Leave no excuses. Train hard. Train effectively, and really just get out there and make it happen because no one's going to do it for you also real quick guys uh for all the listeners if there's anything you want to hear us talk about any guests that you specifically want us to try to reach out to and get them on the podcast make sure you leave those in the comments on uh any any of the platforms that we're on we we look at those regularly and um you know we want to be social with you guys so if you guys have any questions for us anything at all just make sure you shoot it to us all right all right another one another one